Hi, and welcome back to the Voice First Roundtable. This is season two, episode four of our half hour one-on-one interview show. We are very pleased today to be speaking to a very special guest, Julie Moss of Intel. Julie, say hello. Hello. Julie, thank you for being part of the show with us. Um, and uh, let's just take a minute, um, share with, with me and the audience who you are, uh, what you do for Intel. Tell us about, your, <clears throat> tell us about yourself. Yep. My name is Julie Moss. I am a software product manager uh, in our Internet of Things group at Intel. I am responsible for multimodal sense making and voice products and tools for our Edge AI portfolio. It's a lot of big words. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> I have to take a breath after I say it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Um, what? How long have you been with Intel? And 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 walk walk us through a little bit how your role has evolved as this technology has sort of emerged. Sure, sure. Um, I have been with Intel for four years. Um, I've been in software product management throughout my time with Intel, and I have worked um, broadly in the area of contextual awareness and sensing. And as we have matured, um, you know, both the, the industry technology and Intel's portfolio um, within uh, or across artificial intelligence, I've, I've moved along with that. Um, and so I, I kind of operate at the intersection of where we um, are, are, you know, working to both anticipate and serve our customers' needs in the market where we're moving traditional um, cloud backend um, um, voice and natural language uh, types of usages um, down into into edge based um, workloads. So a lot of a lot of work around um, optimizations and performance gains as we um, work within that reduced footprint. Um, really looking at um, customer and and both end user and and our um, enterprise customers needs as it relates to um, latency, bandwidth, security sorts of, of demands. So that really um, is, you know, a, a lot of what um, we um, in my area within Intel are, are looking at servicing um, in, in our broader markets and with our customers. Cool. So, you know, when when people think Intel, you know, they might think, um, you know, bup, 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 you know, or they <laughs> might think, uh, you know, silicon, a bunch of silicon rolling off the manufacturing yeah. line. Um, share with us how Intel thinks about voice. Now, you, you were in attendance at Project Voice, uh, and uh, that was great. We appreciate you being part of that. Um, share with us how Intel thinks about voice technology, you know, Intel, it's not like Intel's produced its own smart speaker, um, you know, but Intel is watching this technology um, closely. Walk us through a little bit on, on your perspective and Intel's perspective on, on how all of this has uh, emerged. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, Intel has had a presence um, in in smart home um, and and um, smart automotive uh, representations over time. Um, as we look at the the continued kind of maturity of the markets and the the growth um, 
alongside of our partners. We uh, focus a lot on the the broader kind of um, system uh, enterprise and commercial deployments that we believe will be um, a large part of the the growth in in voice um, over the next couple of years. So really focused on some of our um, our uh, big opportunities within our IOTG verticals um, from retail, hospitality, um, financial services, education, uh, as well as um, healthcare, um, and, and recognizing and hearing regularly from our customers as we look at the, um, the opportunity across artificial intelligence um, for growing demand in, in voice um, uh, as well. And um, I would say that the other, uh, the other layer um, that we're really attuned to is um, the, the growth in multimodality in the bridging of vision and voice. Um, you know, we see that um, in, in some um, just incredible um, consumer uh, domain areas right now um, with with the Echo Show, with, you know, some of the, the voice apps um, that include more of the, the visual interaction, know that that's um, going to be an area where we just continue to see incredible innovation. Um, but, you know, we also know that that will, those sorts of usages will be moving um, very quickly into commercial and enterprise as well. And, and that's um, um, a good deal of what we're focusing on in terms of the, the um, system workloads that we will be looking to help our customers support. That's cool. Yeah. So, and, and you're right. It, it, it's touching everything at this point, every, every sector. Um, you know, this year, uh, there's a lot to be excited about, I think, specifically in the enterprise. And, you know, we've seen the experimentation on bringing conversational AI into the enterprise with things, just basic stuff like turn on the lights, like smart home stuff, but in the office Mm -hmm. type stuff. Um, And then we've sort of seen a little bit of experimentation, primarily by Google, into, okay, what can we do with email? Maybe maybe bring AI into, into email a little bit. Um, but I think there's a lot more we're going to see this year with that. Can you share uh, any particular use case that you've seen a customer think about or take on uh, in, involving bringing uh, AI-oriented um, and machine learning-oriented approaches into the enterprise? You know, what, what excites you the most about what you're seeing play out specifically with, you know, corporate culture in the enterprise? So a, a couple of, um, I, you know, I think that in, in the retail areas, um, uh, some of the, the work that we're um, seeing scale with regard to um, kiosks that, that maybe traditionally wore more of a, a visual kind of display um, orientation, whereas you add voice capabilities into ca- that kind of mechanism, um, you, you get just a, a increase in terms of the, the customer experience and the level of engagement um, from, from that sort of um, form factor and that kind of interaction. Um, we're, we're really excited about some of the advances that are happening within the smart meeting room context um, from a collaboration and productivity standpoint um, when we start to, to layer in uh, 
transcription and the ability to, you know, do everything from um, provide coaching within the context of a, a meeting and, and create greater efficiency and effectiveness for um, for people um, within within the uh, the the day to day collaboration, um, some of those things are, are really exciting, uh, and and we um, we are particularly interested in in sort of that the voice and um, um, vision or display oriented um, approach that that we're um, watching um, expand quite rapidly. So those are a couple of examples. No, those are good ones. Yeah, I think the kiosk, uh, you know, uh, the, the idea of adding like an AI voice sort of layer to a kiosk mm-hmm. is super interesting. And, you know, you mentioned retail even before that. I, yeah, retail um, uh, is just as ripe for disruption as anything else. But uh, the opportunity to have and, and you know, we've seen like, I, I think it's interesting, like, what a Sonic is doing. Like, you know, you, some of these uh, fast food chains. But Sonic in particular um, had deep partnerships with companies to bring voice and and conversational AI into what they're doing. Because if you think about it, all you're doing is, that's, a, that's as voice-oriented as a business, that, you know, can be. You just drive up and you speak words into a box, right. out comes food, you leave. <laughs> you know that's that's a pretty uh, pretty good example. But uh, McDonald's went out and and bought a company in the AI space. I forget the name of them, but um, you know that's uh, applying AI to a kiosk like in a mall is just sort of one step removed from that. And yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, let me ask you. So the today uh, comes out the interview uh, that I did as part of the Voice First Roundtable, you know, season two mm-hmm. with uh, Oracle, and and I asked the gentleman from Oracle last week um, about privacy and data security, and you know, I, I made the comment that um, you know what we see with with voice specifically um, and the willingness to put this conversational AI in your home. Um, is strengthened by the fact that it's Amazon doing it and not Facebook um, because one is uh, relatively trusted, a consumer-centric brand, and the other is not very trusted uh, at all. And so as a result, one gets the, the privilege of putting conversational AI in this black cylinder in the home or the Echo Show in the kitchen or whatever, uh, and the other one uh, doesn't. The other one has to partner with Amazon in order to do that, have Alexa built into the Facebook portal uh, for the few people who have bought that. For Intel, <clears throat> I, I view it the same way as I view it as Oracle. Like, y'all are, y'all are pretty controversy-free. You know, you're, you're, uh, when you talk about Intel, you don't, you don't ascribe, you know, any sort of, media, you know, negative media optics or anything. Y'all are just doing your thing. And I think that will serve you well um, for uh, collaborating to get AI into the enterprise and in and, and serving all of these vertical sectors and being able to really adequately answer the privacy and data security question. Because when people think about it, there's nothing about Intel you wouldn't trust. Is that what you're seeing? I mean, you're, you're not encountering any resistance when people are asking you your thoughts on privacy and data security or how Intel's managing data gets on behalf of customers, are you, are you seeing that Intel um, is, is 
prepared um, to, to handle privacy and data security concerns, especially in the enterprise? Or your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, first and foremost, at, at you know, just the foundational level, um, privacy and security, um, you know, from, from the silicon kind of base platform layer um, on up through um, all of our, our software um, products and tools and, and, you know, core practices is just really um, at the, the root of how um, Intel structures and, and delivers um, uh, to our customers. And so, you know, um, I, there's, there's no change um, in, in the direction that we're rowing with regard to um, the, the level of importance um, uh, that we place on um on privacy and security. Um, when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, how we uh, work with our, our customers, um, you know, many times we're, uh, we are working through um, a given deployment scenario directly with, um, you know, with another um, um, business enterprise customer, but not necessarily, you know, um, we, we are not handling uh the the secure the the um, customer data directly and so um, you know we have we have the benefit in in much of the work that we're doing from an optimization standpoint um, of of being um, a, a layer removed at the same time we're very attuned to um, you know as as we think about um, artificial intelligence um, maturing um, thing you know elements like how can we move models. Um, to the device versus moving the data um, around how can we reduce the the risk um, of those those data hops um, and secure privacy in in that context that's just one example of many in terms of how we think about um, data ownership the the rights of um, our customers and end users with regard to uh, securing their data and and the types of things that we can do to address um, the challenges in in the industry and and ultimately um, you know how we can best serve our, our customers. From your perspective at Intel, are you satisfied with what you have seen um, in terms of the evolution of the mainstream voice assistants, Alexa, Google Assistant, and now? Uh, you know, it's Siri and now, you know, Bixby uh, as well sort of emerging, um, you know, or are there huge glaring holes? You know, share share with us your thoughts on, yeah, that's on the consumer side. I mean, yeah, there's some enterprise, you know, re- uh, relationships there too, but primarily the consumer facing voice assistants that have driven the train. Are you satisfied um, with the evolution of these things or do you privately wish with your colleagues that things were moving faster? So, I, I mean, I think that um, just, you know, when, it, when we look at how, um, how quickly we're solving for, how quickly we're improving accuracy on um, speech recognition, as an example, you know, the, um, the, the speed of, um, of how we're moving through kind of solving for a given, given challenge in the space um, is, is very exciting. I think, you know, we continue to, to watch things um, moving at a very rapid clip. Um, you know, there, there isn't, when, when we're working, um, you know, so, so um, 
closely with with the computer vision developer base. It is interesting to note um, that you know that um, base of of developers really um, built itself up from a democratized kind of um, um, open source approach, and so there's a level of um, of gain that I think that, you know, that we can make in the voice space overall um, in terms of, of continuing to accelerate uh, access to open data sets, um, the ability to build upon one another's models um, in a, a scaled and an accelerated fashion by having more of those um, tools available open source. And so that's a key um, dimension that, you know, that we're looking at both from the perspective of, of kind of doing our part in the broader industry, as well as, um, you know, helping um, our customers to accelerate in that area as well. So uh, I got to ask you just to, in, in, with my last question here, I would be remiss to not ask you something coronavirus related, since this is all anyone that wants to ask me. <laughs> um, you know, so we've seen, um, and this is taking a step back a, a little bit. So we've seen, you know, Mobile World Congress, I think was the first one. And then we've seen um, F8 and Google IO. And on the publishing mm -hmm. side of things, we've seen London Book Fair completely cancel. and. Um, South by Southwest, lest I leave them out. Um, you know, these, these huge events are either canceling or they're getting um, postponed. Most of them are just flat out canceling until next year. Um, in a world where AI is more, is more advanced than it is right now, um, would, would, a better, would better AI help us with either navigating, uh, mitigating the disease or navigating the media hysteria, which whatever one you would prefer to discuss, um, you know, share with me your thoughts on, um, you know, you're, you're in a, a very important professional role at Intel. Uh, that's a company that, that does a lot with events. You've seen what the coronavirus is doing. You work deeply with AI. Are these things going to, are, are there dots that are going to be connected here or is it just every now and then we'll get some, something like the coronavirus come, you know, to come along and we all get scared and stuff just starts canceling. Um, share with me your thoughts on, you know, what you, you and your colleagues are seeing with the coronavirus and, and if, if anything that you're working on has any hope, to uh, make this stuff better for the next thing that comes around. So, uh, you know, the, the side of that, that um, I, I find just, um, I, I mean, I have endless um, curiosity and, and interest in is, is the aspect of how we, we track the progression of, you know, of a virus spread, how we are informed, not just from, um, you know, uh, kits administered and diagnoses that are received from, um, you know, and, and tracking of, of symptoms um, within a given population, but also um, how we utilize social media and news um, to, you know, to mine um, clues and, and data around um, how, how we're either containing or, you know, watching, watching the spread of, um, of this. And so I think that the, the applications from, um, you know, for the ability for um, 
artificial intelligence to um, to improve the the data, um, uh, the analytics, as well as the dissemination of um, fact-based information um, across um, the public. Uh, you know, th there's there's the ability for a lot of good to to happen out of um, both our our current. Um, uh, data science and, and artificial intelligence um, tools as well as where where we're headed um, in that direction so um, I you know I have a lot of hope for um, the the um, the good that we can um, um, receive out of these continuing advances um, within AI well yeah I hope so uh, I was just uh, talking to um to Brett Kinsella uh, yesterday, mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, the news that uh, that Google um, is is limiting the number of companies that can um, opine in any way or provide any information in any way on the coronavirus through Google Assistant, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, really limiting the actions down and. And, you know, he was asking, you know, my thoughts on that and ah, what's wrong with that? Uh, that's a good thing. And, um, you know, and we live in a time where some people might say, you know, that, you know, that may impede freedom of speech. But the reality is when you're talking healthcare, you know, um, and you're, you're talking Google, who spent hundreds of millions of dollars on Google Assistant and the, the Google voice and AI ecosystem. Yeah, they got the right to do what they want. And so I, I thought that was an interesting sort of story that just came out yesterday related to healthcare and the flow of information. But you're right. I completely agree. I think uh, if, if AI can help us navigate the analytics, um, you know, many of which may not even be, be recognizable to normal, you know, to human beings normally and uh, help us come up with some actionable conclusions. Uh, that'd be a beautiful thing. Julie, I appreciate your time. Uh, you're doing some fascinating work with Intel. Uh, thank you for making the time to speak to me and share your uh, experience as well as your expertise uh, with not just me, but the audience as well. Thank you to you as well. Thank you for everything you do to to bring us together to um, you know give us um, insight into the the world of of voice technology. We appreciate your efforts. I, yeah, thank you very much for the Voice First Roundtable, Season Two, Episode Four. Thank you for listening, watching. If you're watching on YouTube, until next time.